Justin Evans was recovered a few weeks ago very close to where he lived, and there are more and more questions surrounding how he died, where he was found, and why all the lies are surrounding him and the case. Today, I'm going to head down a few avenues and discuss some discrepancies, observations, and a little bit about the area surrounding him. We're gonna look at the day Justin was reported missing and make some comparisons. Also talk about a mysterious fire that occurred and also a tag your it line and the controversy surrounding the sunglasses and how that may be a tell of something more. I'll also explain how the property where Justin died wasn't the first tragedy that occurred there. So now let's get into it. On Monday, December 14th was the day that Justin was reported missing after four o'clock. Now the weather that day was not that great there. It actually was storming and the sunset happened at about 4.37 p.m. that day. It was said that there was a major delay for the McKinney household to call 911, the family who Justin lived with. In fact, it is the belief that Justin had been missing for far longer than that days and possibly up to five and a half days, possibly since that Wednesday where Justin returned home from work. And on that Monday the 14th, Bud McKinney came home from work after doing his shift from midnight to 8 a.m. Justin was supposed to work that shift as well. However, Justin didn't show up to his shift, nor did he call in. Bud stated that he went to sleep after his shift, he couldn't sleep, and then woke up at about noon to look for Justin. And that is where the potential four-hour delay comes in to call 911. Here's part of Bud's statement about Justin. Now, disclaimer, at this point, we've known that Kiera likes to use Bud's Facebook as her own stage and to speak for her boyfriend. And later, she did admit to checking over Bud's grammar in it. She said, we do read each other's posts and go over each other's grammar, but that's about that. Now, here's what the post said on that Monday by Bud. Monday morning, I called him a few times and it rang through to his voicemail. That made me worry less because at the time, I thought all phones worked the same and would only ring through if the phone was on. I also know that Justin could sleep through an alarm even if it was taped to his forehead. So I tried to get some rest, let him wake up and text me back. I couldn't sleep and got up at 12 p.m. and started looking for him. I looked in his room and found his travel bag, charger, and wallet. After that, my mom suggested I check his shed to see if maybe he came home and was sitting out there smoking his pot and listening to his book. I found his shed in disarray and called his parents and the police once they had said he wasn't there for the weekend. I then went asking our neighbors if they'd seen him. I've sadly learned since then that most cell phones ring through so the caller doesn't think they are being ignored. There's a lot to unpack in this statement. First, it said that Bud called Justin's phone a few times and it rang through to his voicemail and it made Bud worry less even though Justin didn't pick up. He worried less because it rang through and must be because the phone was on. Yet his missing best friend isn't answering it. Also, at the end it says, I've sadly learned since then that most cell phones ring through so the caller doesn't think they're being ignored. There's an awful a lot of explanations about that phone, isn't there? And I point this out as well because Justin's phone had been missing since December and to our knowledge, it hasn't been found unless it was found in May along with Justin. But according to his family, it hasn't been. Although, Kiera's entourage seems to think it was found. 
but it has yet to be made public by authorities. And also, the last ping from Justin's phone was said to be on that Monday morning. And that phone also had an odd text sent from it to Justin's mom on Saturday two days before, which the family doesn't believe it was Justin. Neither do I. And like I said, a lot of explanation here about his phone, which is very, very interesting to me. And one more thing about this statement I find interesting, and it is nitpicking, so Kiera, buckle up, where she or he says, I couldn't sleep and got up at 12 p.m. and started looking for him. If you're recalling something, typically you would say, I couldn't sleep, got up at 12 p.m. and then looked for him, not started looking for him. But, you know, I'm probably going to get some nasty comments about that based on my last Chad Daybell video. I see what I see. Also, in a recent statement by Kiera, she repeats that Bud doesn't like to use the phone, which is interesting because there was a call made into work for Justin by Bud. That was on the Wednesday, five days before the actual call to 911. And she actually says it a few times that he doesn't like to use the phone. Yet here, he states he called Justin's phone. Also notable, speaking about the phone call for Justin, Kira knows darn well that that call was made on Wednesday, but she talks about it in an interview in May about it being on a Thursday. And she said, well, the call didn't happen on Thursday, so technically she'd be right. It didn't happen on a Thursday. It happened on a Wednesday. And she knows that. So she looks right because she's saying the call didn't happen on the Thursday, which is technically correct. Pretty sneaky. She also avoids having anything to do with talking about Wednesday, which I believe is when this all started. And she also conveniently has no idea what she did that day, not one detail. And no one outside the McKinney trailer had seen Justin since Wednesday when he finished his shift. That's a problem in my opinion. Next is when Bud said he tried to get some rest after coming home from work. He said he let Justin wake up and text him back. He says he couldn't sleep, so he got up at noon, and this would be the first time that he checked Justin's room, and lo and behold, Justin's charger was there, his wallet, and his travel bag. Now, there's another discrepancy, however. In a recent statement, again in May, Kiera talked about they actually checked his room another time, but didn't mention it before. The question posed to Kara was, if he was concerned, why not text and call and not just knock on his bedroom door? She says, that's a great question. So, um, I know I did say that Bud checked his room on the Monday, um, but Bud actually checked his room prior to that. Um, I think it was Saturday night that he checked his room, but it was dark in there. So he had opened it seeing that you know that he didn't hear Justin or anything or see him. So he just assumed that he wasn't home. So he had checked his room before, but he like didn't turn on the light and try to go into detail to check his room kind of thing. Now, even though Bud has been friends with Justin since kindergarten, not one phone call has been made to Justin's mom from Bud about his best friend. Not, hey, where's Justin? Not, hey, I'm sorry, he's dead. No explanation as to what could have happened or the days leading up. Nothing. I find that interesting. But I guess we just chalk it up to Bud not liking to talk on the phone, right? And if he used the phone to call Justin, wouldn't you hear it in the trailer if it was on? I guess it was just on silent. 
So then Bud says Glenna suggested to Bud to go check the shed just in case, you know, Justin came home and was sitting there smoking his pot and listening to his book. He says he found his shed in disarray and called his parents and the police. Now this line is interesting as well because it makes it sound like he's the one who called Justin's parents and the police. However, notice the sentence, he doesn't say, I called his parents and I called the police. It says, called his parents and called the police. And we later know that he didn't either. It was Glenna that called Justin's grandmother, not Justin's mom even. Interesting to me as well, what do you think? Also, and this is important, there are five people in that household. If Bud is sleeping and maybe Justin came home, wouldn't Justin go in the house? And if that's the case, Kiera would be there, so would Glenna, and so would Ken. So they'd know if Justin came home or not. Then he says he went and asked our neighbors if they'd seen him. Which, by the way, there are several people in the park. You can take a look at this map and see just how many trailers there are. But Bud and Kiera go, from my sources, to two trailers. Now, a week later, after that statement by Bud, Kiera makes one on her Facebook profile. Let's take a look at that. She says, when Bud woke up, he checked Justin's room to see his charger, wallet, and duffel bag. Bud, thinking he was home, went out to his shed. When he found the shed in the condition it was in, he raced inside and told his mom to call Justin's family. They hung up the phone and said they would call us back with an answer. 20 minutes later, we get a phone call back saying Justin wasn't there and that Justin's mom was coming to our house. Bud's mom then called the police. The police and Justin's mother showed up at our house within 10 minutes of one another. We then gave statements and figured out when we all last heard from and seen Justin. No mention of the time that Bud woke up here. Why would Bud think he was home? It says Bud, thinking he was home, went out to his shed. And Bud said Glenna told him to go check the shed. In this version, Bud went out to the shed thinking that he was home. And Bud said he called the police and the family. Kiera's saying Bud's mom called the police. However, there's still a four-hour time lapse from the time Bud woke up until the time the police were called. And it's actually Jamie, Justin's mom, who told Glenna to call the police because at that point, no one called yet. And the police did show up within 10 minutes because that's when it was finally called in. Red flag to me. Also, speaking about figuring out when the last time Justin was seen, Kira makes conflicting statements of when she last saw him. The question posed to her in May was, Kira, did, did you see Justin on the Thursday or the Friday? She says, I didn't. I probably, okay, this is hard because Justin and I don't talk. I don't want to bring that up too much, but we didn't talk, so we didn't hang out. Um, I probably did see him going to the bathroom, see him uh, door open, hanging out in his room or something, but I can't say I did physically see him, but I do know for sure that Bud gave him a 535. So, and in that same interview, the question was asked, can you explain when was the last time that you guys spoke to Justin? Kiera says, so I personally, the last time I saw Justin was about when Bud came into the bedroom to grab A535, which is a muscle pain relief cream because he was a sore and that was, don't want to be quoted on this, but it was either Thursday or Friday. But the last time he was seen by people in our house was Saturday morning heading out to the shed and that was around 9.30. Not 8.30 anymore, 9.30. And 
she makes conflicting statements on both of those, right? Then she says at the same time that because it's a small town, she doesn't think the worst. She says, I just want to emphasize the fact that when something does happen, you don't think the worst happened right away, especially in Kilworthy. Kilworthy is tiny. Now, let's talk about the shed and the 911 call. Again, in the May statement, Kiara talks about the shed and the 911 call. And the question was posed, how long did it take until you called 911? Kiara responds and says, now this is the part that everyone is getting confused. So Bud woke up at around noon, um, but he didn't check the shed right away. So that's where people are thinking that it took four hours to call the police. Um, but what happened was, I don't know when, it had to have been like around 3.30 because it all had to have happened pretty fast. But Bud had gone into Justin's room and found his wallet, his charger, and his traveling bag. So he had maybe come home while Bud was sleeping and that Justin was out in his shed that he was always in. Discrepancies are showing now in all three statements, wouldn't you agree? Bud said that he checked the shed after Glenna told him to go look. Kiera said Bud went and checked the shed after he woke up. And here now, nope, Bud didn't check the shed right, right away. Which one is it? And like Trezell West in the Orin and Orson West case, there's no mention that it did happen very fast, but it all had to have happened pretty fast. And it had to have happened around 3.30. Back to Kiera's May statement. She says, so Bud went out and checked Justin's shed. Um, that's when he found it the way it was. And I just want to put it out. I don't feel comfortable talking about the shed. That's not my place to talk about it. But he found the shed and people have already heard what it was. Now, the shed has been talked about and even Justin's sister mentioned that there was blood in the shed and a lot of it. And Bud took pictures of it. However, now Kiera is claiming that she's the one that took pictures of the shed and distributed it. And these pictures were shown to others. Initially, it was Bud showing them at work. Now, Kiera is saying that she's the one who took the pictures. So here, she says she doesn't feel comfortable talking about the shed, yet she's very, very comfortable taking pictures of a crime scene and distributing them. I'd like to know if there was tampering of that scene. Kiera continues. So he found the shed, um, he came in and um, he got his mom to call Justin's family. Um, thinking, and I just wanna let everyone know why we called the family first, because still not thinking something serious happened, like what it is, you know. Hey, maybe Justin hurt himself and he got a ride to the hospital. So we were like, okay, call, call the family. Um, we spoke to Justin's grandma. We didn't, uh, or she said that she would call Justin's mom and ask. Um, so we waited before calling 911 because if they hadn't seen him or took him to the hospital, there would be no point in calling, right? Um, so then when we did get a call back, uh, we had called 911 or I want to emphasize or um, specify that um, or Bud's mom had called um, 911. I'm saying we because we were all in the same room when calls were happening. So to me, it's just like we called, you know? Um, and then after 911 was called, just near the end of the conversation, uh, we told someone on the phone that Bud and I were going to go ask the neighbors if they had seen him. Um, they said that was a good idea. So we went and asked a couple neighbors if they had seen him. Uh, they hadn't seen him, obviously, and so we met 
yeah, we got home and that's when the police showed up and everything. How would you not be freaking out if you saw a shed full of blood and your buddy is nowhere to be seen? But yet you nonchalantly spend a few hours waiting to call and just maybe go to a couple neighbors houses. But I guess a blood full of shed in a small tiny town, nothing really happens, so there's that. And Bud doesn't like to use the phone. So that day in late afternoon, the police arrive and they started a search for Justin, including searching with dogs. However, Justin's family understood that the area was thoroughly searched the day that the call went in. However, since Justin had been found, the family were told by the authorities that no, they didn't search that area in the beginning. And here's where Justin was recently found after five months of being missing. Many questions are surrounding that situation. How did the cops miss this and why? And I start to wonder as well, perhaps, was Justin moved? This is the area he was found in, in the swamp area, and many people walk this area, kids play around here, they build forts, all kinds of things. Justin was found on May 19th. Also on that Monday evening, it was my understanding that the vehicles were seized from the household. However, Kiara states something different in her May statement. The question was, what happened to Bud's Dodge pickup truck? She says, um, so they, um, sorry, I lost thought. Um, it was actually at the shop when Justin had gone missing. So uh, like after our car had, both of our vehicles had gone to forensics because it was like a week or two after we reported Justin missing. Uh, Justin missing, so it didn't go to forensics. It wasn't in our possession um, and that it's, it needs fixed, so it just sits in the driveway. So this means now that two vehicles were taken to forensics, Kiara's car and the McKinney's SUV, aside from all that word salad. Bud's truck was allegedly in the shop getting fixed. At this point, I would love to know what exact day that his truck went in. I'd also love to know if it just happened to be in and around that Wednesday or between that Wednesday and Monday before Justin was reported missing. And if Bud's truck was being serviced the week before, what did Bud drive to work? Kiara's car? And what vehicle was Justin in that last day of his shift? You know, on the Wednesday. Then Kiara makes a comment further about Bud driving Justin to work. It's very interesting. The question is, did Bud notice Justin was not at work? So Bud and Justin rode together, right? Kiara says, yeah, and so they carpooled together. So Bud did know that Justin wasn't? Well, he knew that Justin wasn't coming with him and then got there and obviously that Justin wasn't there. Now let's talk more about the search. Kiara was also recently asked, have you guys helped at all look for Justin? Here's her reply. Good question, I really want to talk about this. Um, so the short answer is no, and it's because we were asked not to look for Justin. Um, I'm assuming it's because, you know, they really need the evidence of wherever they find Justin, um, so they don't want people disturbing it. Um, and I also just, people have advised that because Bud and I are so heavily accused right now, that even though Bud wants to find his best friend so bad, uh, if we find him, that could get us in all kinds of trouble because at this point, we still don't know. Like, you know what I mean? So let's stop and talk about this comment for a minute. Kiara says they were asked not to look for Justin and she assumes they really need the evidence wherever they find him. They don't want people disturbing it. 
and that even though Bud wants to find his best friend so bad, and we know where we've heard that before, if we find him, that could get us in all kinds of trouble. And because at this point, she says, we still don't know. Still don't know what? And technically, at this point, Justin is a missing person on May 1st, but she knows that the body and area can't be disturbed. And why would it be a concern to find Justin that night or the days just after he went was reported missing? They weren't heavily accused in the beginning. So this is a red flag in my opinion. Let me know your thoughts below. Now let's get into the next morning on Tuesday, December 15th, because this is something interesting as well. There was a fire early Tuesday morning, a few minutes away from the trailer park. It was an unoccupied trailer and it was completely demolished. It was said that there was $30,000 in damage and also said to be a total and complete loss. The cause of the fire was not provided. It happened around 6.15 a.m. and just off of Highway 11. It was just a 10 minute drive away. And speaking of fire, the location of Justin's shed was not the first tragedy to occur there. Six years, almost to the day, someone else died at that property. And there used to be a trailer there, and on December 16th, 2014, a man died in that trailer fire. So the fire started in the morning, and this gentleman was visiting the person who lived in the trailer, and he lost his life. And Justin's shed was on that property where that trailer was, and didn't have any fire damage and was adjacent to the McKinney's. And Justin asked the park manager if he could use that shed. Now there's another location I'd like to talk about and that's the location of where the controversial post about the sunglasses was taken. And it's about a seven minute drive away from the trailer park to this location. And on February 21st, the sunglass picture was posted. When asked about the location of where that was taken, a very interesting answer came from Kiera. The question was, where was the picture taken where Bud was wearing Justin's glasses? Kiera says, so this one was a scary one to answer. I had seen this one before. Because it plays on the whole, if I tell you guys where I took the pictures and for some reason that he was there, it's tag you're it, right? but I don't mind sharing because you know, I think I've cleared the air pretty well. Um, so for people around here, they'll know what I'm talking about. It's hard to explain to others, but uh, where the old Harvey's was on the highway just before our trailer park, um, that's where we took them in the empty lot there. Here's the old Harvey's and what that looks like. And where you see where it says budget propane is the same corner slash street. Then Kiera goes on to explain about the sunglasses and here's what she said. Yeah, so before Justin went missing, he had given Bud his white sunglasses. Um, I knew that he had given them to him. I heard Justin talking about it like before he had went missing, about like potentially giving to them to Bud, but he wasn't quite ready to part with them yet. Um, and the post made about him wearing the sunglasses, um, Bud immediately apologized to the person who made the post. He explained why he had them and then, you know, the great guy just offered to give them to the person who had made the post because he didn't want to upset anybody and that made him really upset that it had upset somebody. 
Um, and I just wanted to address this because there's some comments saying that they wouldn't have their missing or deceased friend stuff. And I just want to say, I think that's opinion because if my best friend was missing, I would just wear her necklace, bracelet, a t-shirt. I just, I would want to feel close to her. And I don't think anybody's in the wrong for not wanting to wear something of a missing or deceased person. And I don't think it's also wrong for someone to wear something, you know? The next question was, why was your boyfriend wearing Justin's sunglasses after the disappearance? She says, no problem. Um, so Justin had given his sunglasses to Bud. Uh, Bud was wearing them to feel close to Justin, um, and that was that, so. Oh, can I also quickly address one thing? I'd seen a comment earlier about Bud posting those pictures. It was actually me who'd posted those pictures, so I just wanted to clear the air on that one. And speaking about clearing the air, remember when I said Kira likes to copy others? Also, she's copying me as well. Well, she was copying one of my viewers and he said, it's best if you be transparent, something to that effect. And so throughout this whole thing, she says transparent and wants to clear the air. So now let's break these statements down. Kira says she knew that Justin gave the sunglasses to Bud. She heard before he went missing though that he was potentially going to give them to Bud. But she says Justin wasn't quite ready to part with them yet. But she says she knew that Justin gave him the glasses, same breath saying wasn't ready to part with them yet. Which one is it? It doesn't make sense. And why is this such a scary question to answer about the location where this picture was taken? It wasn't scary when she said she went to the mall or when she went to Tim Hortons, but this place is very scary to talk about. And when it comes to the sunglasses, Bud told the family that Justin sold the sunglasses for 60 bucks. And they are not even a $40 pair of sunglasses, if that. And Justin loved those sunglasses and was wearing them the last weekend when his family saw him. So no way he would have sold them. And according to Justin's family, no way he would have given them up. And in my opinion, why would he sell a pair of sunglasses to his best buddy for $60, $20 over what was paid for them? and they're a few years old. As for the great guy giving the sunglasses back, the authorities got them back and gave them to the family. Again, no phone call though to say sorry. Also interesting in the TikTok Kiera made with Bud, which we've seen where the caption was too busy laughing, five days after Justin was reported missing, Bud wasn't wearing the sunglasses then. He was wearing his own, they're black and we've seen them in quite a few pictures. And a couple days before that TikTok post, the family picked up Justin's belongings from the house. Kiera also posted other pictures of Bud, as I mentioned, but the glasses don't show up until February's picture. Is that when he started missing him? As Kiera would say, it's, she finds it no big deal. And the picture was taken at this secret location. And side note, when asked about that controversial TikTok post, uh, this is what she said. So we were home quite a bit and so I was using social media a lot and I was bored, so I started posting stuff and I guess it wasn't the right thing to do. You don't really think like that well. I didn't really think that people were going to be looking at my TikTok account, so I learned my lesson on that one, so yeah. Now let's look at the map again. The sunglass picture location is the place where Kier was concerned that if Justin was found, then it's tag you're it. This statement was made on May 1st. Many people commented on how odd this statement was and it's concerning and that people should go look or the authorities should go look at this location. Now the same day she made another concerning statement. 
about how she knows Justin was hurt. This is very odd. She says, the question was, why did you say Justin was hurt in your backyard? How do you know he was hurt? Her answer was, um, how do I even explain that? Um, there are, um, um, news articles about there being indications of or foul play hasn't been ruled out. So people again were questioning as to what kind of comment that was and shortly after that Kira got uncomfortable and wanted to finish up rather quickly. She says, um, can I just chime in for a sec? Um, I just want to say that I'm really overwhelmed with the comments. Um, you know, I wanted to come on here and clear the air. Um, and th it's just proving that no matter what I say, people are going to get upset. Um, you know, like I've seen people's lies in the comments. And I just, I just would feel better if we could just finish this soon. Why such an odd answer, right? She knew that Justin was in the shed. She even took pictures. Yet, she gets very, very flustered in this question. I find it fascinating. 18 days later after this statement, on May 19th, Justin is found at the swamp, a seven-minute drive away. And let's look at the location of where he was found, compared to where he lived and compared to where the sunglasses picture was taken. Justin lived in this area of the trailer park, and Justin's family were told that it's now looking like a suicide, even though it was deemed criminally suspicious initially, and the family does not agree with this finding, and I am of the same opinion. There was enough blood in that shed to kill him, and no one saw a six foot three man walking to a swamp, bleeding to death, and he managed not to get a drop of blood along the way either. And that's a 1,000 plus feet distance just to the edge of the swamp. And instead of walking to that edge of that swamp, he would then decide to walk over to the point where he was found, also having to walk through pathways and trees. Now, you know what's interesting about this as well? People have said that that very spot that Justin was found is the very same spot that kids were catching minnows two days before that on May 17th. Interesting, right? And I want to just give a really quick timeline and what really caught my eye. On April 25th, three weeks before Justin was found and a week before the interview, Kara posted a picture on her Facebook cover photo. It's a stock photo, but I do find it interesting as it is in a forest away from the houses and you can detect a hint of a house or building through those trees. And if we look at the location of the sunglasses, also surrounded by a bunch of trees and well, also the swamp. And even where that location is, it makes me think that perhaps someone used that back road if they were to move Justin and put him where he was found. Just a possibility and a theory, in my opinion. Now, on May 19th, Justin was found. Then on May 28th, Ken McKinney is charged with obstruction of justice. Interestingly, no one else has been charged with anything even with so many versions of the truth and proven lies. Wonder why that is. I'm gonna have more for you because there's more lies and another video coming. Stay tuned for more. There's always more BS to sift through. Let me know your thoughts below. Let's have a chit chat. Kira, if you're watching, there's only so much you can toy with people and the truth will still come out. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share this out as much as you can. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.